Now we pick back up in our study in Proverbs. Now we move to the 26th chapter. We've covered 25 chapters. We've got six chapters yet to go. In our study, uh, we have seen one of the ways that God instructs us throughout the Proverbs is not to just tell us the positive results of obedience, but also all the way through our study, we see that he warns us by contrasting that with the negative results of disobedience. Uh, in this process, and that's really what he's done, he's shown us the good uh, result of obedience, he's shown us the negative impact of disobedience. In this process, uh, we've been introduced to the wise person, uh, the righteous person, the one who lives uh, to honor God, and we've also been introduced to the foolish person. This is a person that lives uh, in the dishonor of God. Now, uh, remember that definition, we've seen it several times in our study, uh, a fool is not an ignorant person. Now, there are ignorant people, we know that. Uh, this is not an ignorant person. No, a fool is a person who has heard the truth, who knows the truth, and yet chooses to disregard it. That is what a foolish person is. They're not ignorant of the truth. They are foolish in their application of the truth, thus earning them the title of fool. Well, as we move tonight into the 26th chapter, we're going to start off with a 12-verse section all about fools. If you notice the 12 starting verses, they are all about fools. I'm tempted to title our message tonight uh, in the words of Mr. T, I pity the fool. I pity the fool. All right, let's look at our verses, starting in verse chapter 26, beginning in verse 1. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Listen to that again. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Now, I want you to see the picture there of the verse, like snow in summer. Now, snow in summer isn't right. Snow in summer is not normal. This summer on July 25th, if we were to be outside working in the yard and we were to have a snow, a two or three inch snow, we would understand something has gone wrong. Something is not right. That's the first picture. Now, the second is or rain in harvest, rain in harvest. Now, I want you to see this is a different thing. Rain in harvest, whether you're harvesting your wheat or baling hay or you're harvesting cotton, rain in the midst of your harvest, it is destructive. It causes problems. It delays the harvest. It messes up the quality of the harvest. You ever been around a farmer and there's certain times in 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 May and in, in, in June and then later in the, in the summer and you come around them and they say, oh, we need a rain, I hope it rains, but I need two more weeks. I need two more weeks. If I can get two more weeks, then it can rain, the bottom can fall out. That's the example. Well, the Bible says like those two things is honor given to a fool. Now, I want you to see this. When you honor a fool, when you give approval to a fool, that's what it's saying. When you give approval to a fool, the first example, it is not right. And the second example, it is destructive. 
And so when you give honor to a fool, when you give approval to a fool, it is not right and it is destructive. Think about that tonight. Isn't that our day? We promote fools, we brag on fools, we elect fools, not on merit, but maybe it's because of their name. Maybe it's because of their wealth. Maybe it's because of their popularity or esteem. Well, the Bible says it is not right and it is destructive to give approval to a fool. It's not right and it's not beneficial. Listen to verse one again. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. All right, verse two, moving on. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. Hear that again. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a, course, a curse without cause does not alight. Now this is kind of a weird proverb. See the picture here. A sparrow, you ever look out your window and see a sparrow in its flitting? and it bops over here, and it bops over there, and it jumps to that branch and this branch, and it's here, and it's here, and it's there, and yet it doesn't ever settle somewhere. It doesn't ever land. A swallow in its flying. Now, I can see this picture. You ever, you ever watch a swallow when it's chasing a cat in your backyard? And it goes up high, and it swoops down, and it comes back up, and it spins around, and it goes high, and it comes back down, and it swoops through your yard zooming all around, and it doesn't ever land anywhere. It never gets close enough to the cat that the cat can hurt it. It's just messing with the cat. Well, those are the pictures. It says, so a curse without cause. Now, a curse without cause, it is an undeserved curse. It is a dishonest curse. It says, just like those two birds, this undeserved curse, a dishonest curse, also doesn't land. Now, here's the picture. The picture is there is a fool, and they are known as a fool, and they do all the foolish things. They're a foolish person. They're known as a fool, and yet they speak about something, or they speak about someone, and no one gives them any mind or credence. And there's a person, and they're, and they're crazy, and they're always talking crazy, and they're always talking nonsense. But all of a sudden, they want to tell you about something or some person, and no one gives any value to what it is they say. The curse doesn't stick. The curse doesn't land. We know what kind of person they are. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without cause, does not alight. All right, verse three. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Now, verse three is an important verse. There's an important truth for us to see in verse three. We read that, we say, well, that maybe sounds too hard, maybe sounds like a very harsh application, but I want you to see this. It says a whip for the horse. A whip, the use of a whip is how you train a horse. It is how you 
correct a horse. Sometimes it is how you motivate a horse. Now, I want you to see this. The goal is not the abuse of the horse. That would be silly. The, the goal is not the destruction of the horse. Uh, that, that would be ridiculous. That would be silly. That's not the goal. The goal is the training of the horse. It's to make a better horse. That would be the wise thing. And so the whip is not to beat up the horse. It's not to abuse the horse. It is to correct the horse, train the horse, make better that horse. I was thinking about this about 20 years ago. We had a horse, and he, he was a good horse. And sometimes there's bad horses. He was a good horse. Uh, he was a strong horse. He was a smart horse. Uh, he was good with cattle out in the open. He was good in, in a crowd, in a tight spot. Uh, the thing I liked about him is he was calm. Uh, he could go through water. He didn't get upset. He could get walk over wire, and he didn't lose his mind. Very calm except when he got tired. And maybe it's because I weighed 285 pounds. I don't know what, if that was it. But he would be a good horse, and he was a useful horse, except when he got tired. And when he got tired, he would turn back and try to bite you. And you're, you've been there two or three hours, and everything's been fine, and all of a sudden you're looking at something, and all of a sudden he's turned around and he tries to bite you. Now his hope was that either I'd get mad or I'd get bit, and I'd go put him up and be done with him. Well, listen, the goal was not to abuse the horse. The goal was to stop the biting. That is the picture that we have here. It goes on and it says a bridle for the donkey. A bridle goes in the mouth. Uh, the bridle uh, leads uh, by causing pain in the mouth, the bit, the bridle. Uh, this is a strong animal, and yet it is controlled by this device. Now again, the goal is not the abuse of the donkey. The goal is control and the betterment of the donkey. Well, here's what the verse says. In the same way, in the same vein, a rod serves to correct, to train, sometimes to motivate an obstinate person, a foolish person, a person who is disobedient, a person who is wild, maybe a person that will not take correction, a person that is strong-willed and then operates in foolishness in their strong will. I want you to see this and listen very carefully now, and I want you to hear all the pieces of it. To train our children, to train our kids, to motivate sometimes our kids, there has to be consequences. And the consequences have to be uncomfortable. The consequences have to be serious. On the part of the kid, the consequences have to be dreaded. Uh, if it's just some Mickey Mouse deal, if it's not a, a true thing that they dread, uh, there's not going to be a, 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 a result that you desire. On the part of the parent, it has to be carried out. It has to be done. Today, you look around, people are trying to raise kids without discipline. Now, that's the word that, that's covering this. That's the word that's, that, that, that's uh, describing this. They're trying to raise kids without consequences. And maybe they'll figure it out, and maybe we'll tell them some good set of words, and maybe they'll be impressed by that, but there's not going to be any strong punishment. And they're trying to raise kids without consequences. Now, listen, I'm going to add something to that, and that is this. And pain is the greatest consequence.
Did you know that? I'm talking for an adult. There's things I do it and it hurts. I'm not going to do it again. And it's the same way for kids. Pain is the greatest teacher. Now, I want to be sure and say this, not in abuse, not in anger. Anybody that does that has a, has a problem. Anybody that does that is evil. But in love with the goal of correction. Now, parents, that's who I'm talking to right now. It is necessary to strongly, clearly, decisively discipline your kids. Now, I'm not going to tell you the exact form that has to be, but I want to tell you it ought to be painful. I want to tell you it ought to disagree with them. It ought to be uncomfortable. It ought to be dreaded to them. And you have to set and carry out those consequences. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. All right, verse 4. In my office, before I read verse 4, in my office, I have verses, and I have some on the computer screen, I have some on the wall beside me, I have some on my desk. I have verses that I like to remember. Uh, I have verses that I like to see. And you know what? I like to look at that verse and remember that verse. And I have some verses that I need to see. There's some verses that I need to see. Well, one of those that I need to see is verse 4. All right, look at verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Now, I want to tell you this is maybe better, more easily understood in words that we use in our language. And so I'm going to put it into Route 2 Hebrew tonight. Route 2 Hebrew says this. Do not answer a fool. Now, that's easy enough to understand. Do not answer. Don't fire back. Don't respond. Do not answer to a fool according to his folly. Maybe a better word is stupidity. Do not respond to a fool in according to his stupidity. It means do not respond to a fool like a fool, or the verse says, or you will also be like him. Now, the full route to Hebrew translation is this. Do not answer a fool like a fool, lest you be a fool yourself. And that's what it says next to my desk. Do not answer a fool like a fool, lest you be a fool yourself. Now, listen, that is our instinct. At least it's my instinct. And somebody comes in, and they start talking crazy. And I don't know what, sometimes people do that. They come in, and they start talking crazy, and they start to spew out a whole bunch of stuff, and maybe they get excited about that, and maybe they get loud in that. And I'm sitting there at my desk, and I start to think, you know what, I can get crazy too, and I've got some crazy things I'd like to say, and I, I, can, get, I can talk crazy, and I like to get loud. I can't hear anyway, so maybe I can get loud. And it only takes a few minutes, and there's two fools going at it. Now, that's never actually happened in my office, but that was an example. The reminder of God is this. One fool is enough. One fool is enough. It, now, let me say this. If you come in and, and you're talking to me, and I'm looking at a card on my wall, I'm not talking about you right here. Here's the truth. We ought to be calm. We ought to be thoughtful. The Bible says we ought to be slow to speak. We ought to be careful in our response. 
Somebody comes in and they're a fool and they're, they're responding in their stupidity. That's what it translates. We're to be calm and we're to be thoughtful in our response. I'm going to be selling these on bumper stickers out in the foyer. You can get you one of these. Do not answer a fool according to his folly or you will also be like him. Verse 5. Answer a fool as his folly deserves that he not be wise in his own eyes. Answer a fool as his folly deserves that he not be wise in his own eyes. Okay, we're told how not to interact, how not to respond to a fool. Well, how do we interact? How do we respond to a fool? It says, answer a fool, not foolishly, but as his folly, his foolishness deserves. Now, it says the reason that he not be wise in his own eyes. Just like the preceding verse, the, the, the verse that was ahead of it, that we do not brag on, we do not promote foolishness, we also do not let it escape correction as well. And that's what the verse is saying. Hey, we're not going to promote it. We're not going to act like it's a good thing. But at the same time, in, in rational, deliberate thought, we're also not going to let it escape correction as well. It means we graciously but also deliberately show them the problem. We show them the error in their foolish thinking. Now, I'll just tell you this. The Proverbs tell us this. Honestly, a fool generally will not listen. That's why they're a fool. And they're not going to hear what you say, but that doesn't change our response. They're not going to listen most likely. Bible tells us that. But the hope is, and the purpose is, and the goal is, that they might. All right, listen, this is going to talk to both sides of it. Do you know no person is always right? No person is always right. No person has all the answers. There's not been a person that they always did the exact right thing. And there is no person who would not benefit from, who would not be blessed by the input of wisdom and truth. And so there's no person that's always right, and there's no person that would not benefit from a person saying, you know what, that's not the right answer. You know what, that doesn't match up with what God has said. Let me show you what the truth is. You know what, I, I think we live in a day when we're so fast and we're so quick-tempered and we're so self-focused that it is a lost skill to actually care about somebody enough to say, you know what, you're not right, and I want to calmly show you what the Bible says. I want to calmly show you what the truth is and lead them to the correct answer. We want to fight. We want to yell. We want to slander. We want to discredit. We want to write them off. You know what? The Bible, it is a skill to correct them, to not let them leave thinking their foolishness is correct. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he not be wise in his own eyes. All right, verse 6. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence, who sends a message by the hand of a fool. That is a weird verse. That's a strange verse. It's going to get stranger. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence, who sends a message by the hand of a fool. All right. He cuts off his own feet. 
If your feet are cut off, you're handicapped. You're disabled. You're not able to move. You're not able to, to carry out what it is you've set before you. And so he cuts off his own feet, who sends a message by the hand of a fool. And we're going to talk about that in a second. It also says that person not only cuts off his own feet, it says they also drink violence. Now, I said this is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. Drinks violence. It means takes in something harmful. It, it's really hard to explain, but if you want to go look it up, the most likely translation is this. Somebody, somebody thought this was a better way to say it. Most likely it is and reveals your backside. And so you cut off your feet and you reveal your backside. You cut off your legs, you're disabled. You reveal your backside, you're embarrassed. Now what that means is when you count on a fool, when you appoint a fool to carry out a task, when you put your trust and your faith in a fool, the job is not going to get done. Not only is the job not going to get done, you're going to end up embarrassed in how it either wasn't done or how it was done. It is a warning here. Do not put your trust in fools. The warning is be careful. Verse 6. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence who sends a message by the hand of a fool. We're going to stop right there. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come, we're thankful for this day, we're thankful for the Lord's day, we're thankful for the freedom and the blessing together as your people. I think about this, this morning, our service, our, our songs, I think about the faces we see, we saw, I think about tonight, these that have come back, I think about the fellowship of the church, I think about the folks that will celebrate birthdays, that have celebrated birthdays. I think about, Lord, your graciousness to us as a people, your goodness to us as a church. We look back and see this year all the good, gracious things you've done. I praise you. I thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray that as your people, as your church, that we're growing in your truth, that we're not just passing through, we're not just going through the motions, but I pray that we're taking in your truth, that we're preparing to stand, that we're graciously ready to share the good news of Jesus. Lord, I pray for our homes that they would be strengthened. I pray for our kids, some of us our grandkids, that they would be built in the hearing of the truth. Lord, I pray for marriages. I pray for dads. I pray for moms. I pray for grandparents. Lord, I pray for the pieces that you've assembled, each of us with a different purpose, each of us with a different gifting, and I pray that we're faithful to put those together in our church family. And Lord, I pray the fruit of all of that is you would be glorified, that you would be known, that your, your truth would be shown for what it is as true, that we would be a peculiar, different people, and that you'd be able to work through us. Lord, we come, and I, I know there's folks that are sick, that are ill, that are hurting, that have suffered loss. I pray that you would be their peace, that you would be their comfort, 
that you would act as their healer. Lord, I, I pray. Now there's some going through other things, uh, tough things, relationship things, financial things. I pray the same thing, that they would look to you, they would find hope and peace in you. Then, Lord, we come and we exist in a, in a mess of a world, in a world that's hurting, that's spinning out of control, that is dying, literally walking in, stumbling in death. Lord, I pray that you give us an opportunity to preach your truth, to proclaim your truth, to hold up your light. And I pray that it wouldn't be just a small thing. I pray that it would be an impactful thing. And I pray that there would be folks that find Christ, that are held back, that escape the suffering of life, but more than that, the judgment of God. I pray that it bears fruit again for your name's sake. And then we just tell you, Lord, we, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, I think about this young guy. I don't know who he is that'll get a hearing aid. I, I pray, Lord, that in that ear, he will hear the truth of a gracious Savior. I pray that it'll bear fruit. Lord, we open our hands. We give you all of this. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name.